Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Spider Insight Podcast as we get you set for a huge week of Spider football. They've put themselves in a position to make this one a big one coming Saturday against the New Hampshire Wildcats. We will talk about that. We will recap the main game as well. We are going to chat with one of the stars from that main game, and there were several of them, but wide receiver Leroy Henley had a huge game Saturday, one of a couple of wide receivers that did. Leroy is going to chat with us here in just a couple of minutes, us being Bob Black with you for another Spider Insight podcast, plus Chris Anderson as well today to join me on the podcast. It's going to sound a little bit different. We are doing this one remotely as we juggled a few schedules with everybody, but you're going to get the same great content that you always get on the Spider Insight podcast. And Chris, Spiders are coming up with great game Saturday. Let's recap that one for a moment before we get to Leroy. And I really thought the key to the whole thing was that first quarter, right? I mean, Spiders jump out to that 21 nothing lead. They have over 230 yards of total offense in that first quarter. They limit Maine to, I think, less than 40 yards of total offense and really put some distance between them and the Black Bears because Maine did come back a little bit in the second half. Absolutely. That was, um, you know, we do our keys to the game. That was my number one key. You go on the road, um, start fast. You got to start fast. Uh, Maine is uh, a typical CAA team. They're going to be well-disciplined. They're going to be physical, uh, and they're going to come out strong and fight. And, you know, when you go on the road, it's, it's, a, it's a longer trip. It's, it's just can, it's just going to be, uh, you know, a little awkward if you come out slow. Uh, they're not a team you, you want to uh, – you want you want to get them in a position where they feel like, man, can we play with Richmond? And you want to get them in that position. And so the way to do that is to come out fast, come out hard, I thought we did that, executed early on offense and defense, took the early lead, and, uh, you know, they came back. But, you know, I think we had put put a little message in their head early uh, that, you know, we, we're the superior team, at least today. Kind of ironic, um, Reese Udinsky was named the CAA Offensive Player of the Week, and his numbers were, were great, right? 26 of 33, 368 yards, two touchdowns passing, two touchdowns running, which we don't see him do a lot of that. We also don't see him turn the ball over a lot. And ironically, in a week in which he was player of the week, he had an interception and a fumble. And you and I talked to him on our radio postgame show and kind of did sound like he was more upset about those two plays than he was happy about the four touchdowns, right? How spoiled are we, right? (laughs) How spoiled are we? Reese goes off, uh, gets – you know, player of the week, offensive player of the week in the conference, and uh, and we have questions because it doesn't, you know, we saw some holes in his game, which we don't normally see. So I think a couple things, A, we're spoiled rotten, B, uh, he's human, and uh, we're just, we're lucky to have him and uh, that he's been performing on the level he's playing. And I know no coach would ever say this, nobody would would want to say this, but I'll say it, I'm actually kind of glad he got a, a couple of those mistakes out of the way, you know. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we're used to seeing him, you know, kind of wait, 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 hold the ball and, uh, and and look for an opportunity. I think there was one where he fumbled it and went to go pick it up again. And probably going back, he wishes he, he would have uh, maybe jumped on it. Like, those are things that you can't go through those things in practice. Those, so they have to happen in the game. And I think if it was going to happen at any time, I think this was a good game. The, you know, uh, the Spiders were in a good position, came out performing well. Reese makes a couple um, – Mistakes that he doesn't usually make. So what? Well, you know, he needs the opportunity to to learn and make corrections too. He's human, and I think it's only going to help him in the long run. So nobody's going to say that, but I, I wasn't. I didn't feel that bad about those. 
We'll get back to Reese here, Chris, in a couple of minutes because we'll talk with Leroy Henley, one of his two favorite targets from Saturday. Jacob Harris was certainly the other one. But how about the defensive effort? I mean, yeah, Tristan Wheeler and Phil O'Connor did what Wheeler and O'Connor do, right? I mean, Tristan had 13 tackles. Phil had 10 and a couple quarterback sacks. The defense as a whole has seven more tackles for loss, four quarterback sacks. And they do it without one of their star players, right? Um, Marlon Lewis doesn't play because of the stinger. Jeremiah Grant, Xander Barnett play basically the entire game at the defensive end spots. And the defense, maybe not as quite as locked down as it was the previous couple of weeks, still more than solid enough to get the win. Absolutely. And I think um, you, you can't you, you can't downplay that. Uh, when you're going from a three-man rotation at that defensive end spot, three defensive ends who have been playing outstanding, just lights out. And now you're down uh, one, probably the one who was most dependable that you expect the most out of, and Marlon Lewis, he's out. So now those other guys, you know, Jeremiah Grant um, and Xander, they got to go. You're getting a third more plays, you know. So whatever that number is, maybe 20 more plays, 25 more plays, I don't think people quite understand the difference that can make, particularly as we get into that fourth quarter uh, when you're trying to keep Maine from putting a drive together. They're starting to get excited. They're starting to think they can get back in this game. And having to find a way to stand up and make plays, you can't uh, you can't downplay that enough. So, um, you know, big ups to those guys. They did a great job. And then just the consistency all the way around, you know, by the defense was was outstanding. I think, you know, I'm sure I don't know if we'll talk about some of those pass interference calls, but you know, we'll get into that if we have to. I, I you know, I'm, I'm all about my DBs, so I want to see those guys, you know, continuing continuing to stay physical, continuing to stay aggressive. I think uh, they're playing the game exactly the way it should be played and the adjustments will be made. All right, I'll bite, my friend. I will, Chris. You're a former defensive back. Uh, you voiced some frustration Saturday over some of those calls. We know Coach Usman did as well. He told us as much on the postgame show. A little frustrating for a good old DB like you having to see the modern game officiated entirely differently, right? So, Bob, I really think um, there's some growth and some learning from the player standpoint, but I also think there's some learning from um, from the referees and some of the, the rule changes and what, how do you define a pass interference? What does it look like? One ref may, may call it one way. Another ref may call it another way. You know, everybody's trying to get on the same page from the refs to the coaches and then how the coaches coach the players and then how the players perform. So there's definitely some frustration. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen it. I love the way our guys play. They're aggressive. They're in your face. They're super athletic. And uh, don't want them being punished for that. I also think that's the, that's the nature of our defense, you know, the, the physicality and just – there's so much of the offense that you take away by being able to put your corners in a bump-and-run situation. So even if you get a call or two a game, in the long run, it's worth it. And uh, I think, again, it just gets in the head of the quarterback, gets in the head of receivers. I think you're going to see more turnovers. I like when Rankins, um, that interception was big time. I think if he does that 10 times, 9 out of 10, that's going to be a clean interception, and he's headed to the house. So I just want those guys to keep playing the way they're playing and uh, you know, just continue to – and I'm sure coaches – are going to continue to have those conversations with referees before and after the game. Well, on the other side of the ball, I know one guy who hasn't needed the help of the officials, and that's Leroy Henley, who's our guest today on the Spider Insight Podcast. I want to bring him into our conversation because he was certainly terrific Saturday at Maine. Leroy with uh, six catches. He was targeted nine times, had 119 yards, his second 100-yard game of the season, uh, had a big touchdown catch that we'll get to here in just a little bit. Leroy, thanks so much for joining us on the Spider Insight Podcast after that game against Maine. 
How are you and the guys feeling about things right now? Uh, we, we're feeling good about the game. Uh, we definitely left some plays out there and some calls that we wish would have went our way. But uh, we're glad we went one and zero, and just trying to get uh get the one and zero this week as well for our homecoming. Well, you didn't leave any plays out there. We're going to get to those in a minute and relive a couple of your highlights also. But hey, take me back to the start of this season. This new offense comes in. This new quarterback comes in. What was that progress like for you? I mean, you're eight games into it now. How comfortable you feel with the offense that you guys are are thriving in now? Coming in, I mean, on paper, it, it was very exciting. We just knew we had to, you know, put the work in and, and uh, everything would fall into place. So coming in now, like coming into the eighth game, I mean, it's been everything we dreamed of and everything we talked about and worked for. So that's exciting as well, seeing our hard work uh, come into fruition. So, Leroy, I'll tell you what, when I watch uh, you and Reese, you, did, you guys look like you have an outstanding kind of rapport and relationship like you. He, under, he understands where you want to be. You understand where he wants you to be. How does that relationship, how's that developed? How you guys? How have you guys gotten there in such a short amount of time? Uh, when he came in, man, we went straight to throwing and building that connection and that chemistry. And I mean, it was easy, easy to – I feel like it was easy to build that chemistry because it was uh, – our love for the game is genuine. So, you know, we put all that time in, in the film room and on the field. So, I mean, day by day just – kept getting stronger and stronger so when i talk to coaches it's what you hear a lot of times is like a change in like physical somebody's body they're getting stronger they're getting bigger they're getting faster what i love and what you don't hear a lot about is a change in growth and character and anytime i talk to a coach they talk about you they talk about this year this dude has come in and he has been more focused more ready more prepared what was the change what led to the change uh, the change was one getting my body right. I had a a couple, you know, injuries and nicks and bruises, so that was the main thing. And then two, falling behind that, just mentally being there for the team and being available, whether that be on the field or leading outside of the field. Never was that more obvious that it came to fruition like that than in in Saturday's game against Maine. I mean, you had a terrific game, and I do want to go back and and relive a couple of those, and I I think it would be natural to start with the touchdown catch because that was a big play and a big highlight, but that never would have happened without the other catch that you made that we all thought was one of the the best catches we've seen you made. Let's go back to that one first. This was uh, third and four. Opening drive for the Spiders in the third quarter, uh, up 21-7, to seven, and you're at your own nine-yard line. And this was Reese Yudinski to our guest on the Spider Insight Podcast, Leroy Henley. And he takes the shotgun snap. He looks over the middle. He throws. Henley makes a leaping catch across the 20 and out to the 23. That was a great catch. Henley had both arms extended as far as they could go. That's one of his best catches of, of the season. Uh, that's when I wish we were on TV. I wish you guys could see that one. Third down, big catch. Leroy, did you realize how good a catch that was in the moment and how big it was uh, for the offense? Uh, Reese told us on our on our radio postgame show that he was like, wow, what a catch Leroy made on that ball. Uh, no, sir. In the moment, I was just trying to make a play. I mean, it, it was great to happen and seeing it on film. So that was good. But 14 could have done it. Five could have done it. Number 11. Anybody in the receiver room, so, I mean, I'm just blessed and fortunate it was me and I was able to make that play for the team in a critical moment. Yeah, but it was number seven who did make that catch. We'll get to those other wide receivers <laughs> and the room here in just a moment. I know, you, I know you're being modest. That's fine. So I'm really going to test your modesty here because now here comes the touchdown. You made that play to keep that drive going, a 97-yard drive, by the way. 
Here's how it finished with Leroy Henley getting in the end zone. Udinsky flanked by both running backs. Dykes left, Howard right. Fakes the handoff, throws over the middle. Henley makes the catch in the end zone. Gets hit to the ground and holds onto the ball for the spider touchdown. What a catch by Leroy Henley after a thread-the-needle pass from Reese Udinsky. Thread-the-needle is right, put right in there. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can see that safety coming over the top. Henley sits in there. Doesn't, doesn't look at the safety, keeps his eye on the ball, secures the tackle, gets up, does a little end zone dance, much deserved, well executed, another great drive for the Spiders. I, I kind of knew coming into the week whenever that play was going to be called, it was probably be a bang-bang play. So I just knew it was that was a critical drive for us. We needed we needed that drive, and I just wanted to put my, my, my body on the, on the line for the team and, you know, make that play and make it happen. So I think for me, I'm always asking this question to everybody. Um, you know, a couple things in terms of your game, where where are you looking to improve? Where do you feel like you can get better? And um, and also, and, and when you think about better, I want you to include some of those touchdown dances too. What do you think? You, <laughs> what, what else you have in, in, in top, on top for us there as well? <laughs> With the touchdown dances, I don't, I don't know yet. <laughs> I got to figure out something, something new for this week. But uh, as far as me getting better, I mean – I feel like I need to get better all around, whether that's blocking, uh, coming off the ball better, uh, top of the routes, coming out clean and uh, creating more separations for Reese at the top of the routes. Uh, just everything down the line to make me, you know, a good receiver. You mentioned the other numbers, yeah. the other guys, Jacob Harris, Josiah Williams, Nick DeGenero. There are others even beyond that. What What's it like being in such a deep receiver room? Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it starts with Coach October. Uh, I mean, he lets everybody, you know, play to their – to their level and you know he uh he fine-tuned it with his uh awkward way of uh teaching <laughs> i love coach o, but uh i mean he's a great coach and i mean the credit goes to him how he got this room together and got everybody you know flourishing at a at a high level so what's a what's a week in the life look like for you i know you're you're in that six years so it, it gets different as you move forward what's uh what's i guess a game week look like for you film i, I pretty much watch film every day of the week up to maybe Friday. And other than that, I mean, I'm Netflix and chilling if I'm not at practice. So <laughs> that's all That's all I do. How much has that changed in your six years? Chris mentioned sixth year. That's not as unique as it might have been, you know, pre-COVID. There are a lot of guys who are now in their sixth year. What do you remember about, like, when you were wide-eyed and just starting in college as a freshman at East Carolina, you didn't play that first year because of the injury, and kind of how you approach college football differently now than you did you know way back then i mean uh unfortunately like you said the injury the thing that taught me is how to deal with adversity whether it's on the field off the field i think that's one of the best things about football the adversity you face it you know it truly builds character but um coming into ecu (laughs) i I was just hungry and just trying to do everything to contribute to the team and you know things happen or whatever and i got here to richmond and was able to find a role and, and, a, and a fit to help the team win and prevail. Hey, Leroy, um, let's talk a little bit to finish up with you about this week. We know you want to go 1-0. and We know you guys focus each week. But this is also, you know, why you're here. It's why Reese is here. It's why Jacob's here. This is a big game. It's a top 25 game. It's the only undefeated conference team coming into your house on Saturday. Other than the prep, how excited do you get for a game like this? I mean, you detailed it. You've been doing this for a long time now. These, I would think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, these are kind of the games that you're here for, aren't they? Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, 
everybody's excited. You know, we want, definitely want to come out one to know. I know you, know you don't really want to hear that, but I mean, that's <laughs> definitely, you know, the theme to definitely come out one to know, and it's going to be an exciting environment and a, a great team that we're playing. So we look forward to the matchup. We are consistently bragging about the, the blocking by the receivers out on the edge. Uh, where's that come from? Where's that mentality? Has that always been there? We're just noticing it, or uh, is that just... I don't know. Where's that coming from? Uh, it, it's definitely something uh, Coach O talked about from day one when he first got here and that the receivers are going to block. And, you know, he set the tone and, you know, we try to set the standard for the year and try to, you know, get better at blocking and creating, helping create those big runs, helping the, the hogs out. And, I mean, we take pride in that. So it's it's been good to see on film and to see it how it helps the team and we're going to continue to do it. Hey, let me finish you up here, Leroy, with kind of one fun one. You, you've mentioned Coach O, Coach October, several times and his unique way of kind of getting his message across to you. We had Jacob Harris on Coach's radio show last week out, out of Glory Days. And Jacob started rattling off all these different sayings and phrases that Coach October has and these different, you know, hashtag uh, Twitter feed things that he used, all of those phrases. Do you got one from him that particularly sticks in your head or a couple of them that he's just repeated over and over again that you can't forget or a favorite one that you might have? Uh, one of his favorite ones he, he liked to say is uh, he's he's uh, simple but complex. But as far as hashtags, I like to say uh, drills to play because, I mean, literally every drill we do in individuals shows up in practice that same day. <laughs> Whether it's in team or scaly period or it be it happens on Saturday. Like, it's, his philosophy is amazing. I mean, he's a great coach. I can't say enough about him. Well, you've been amazing as well. We really appreciate the time today. And whatever Coach October's doing is working because you guys are rattling off those phrases left and right. So I know it's sinking in for you, and it's showing up on Saturdays, and we look forward to it showing up this Saturday. Leroy Henley, thanks so much for the time today. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, Leroy. I really appreciate that. And, Chris, I know we're not with each other today, but I can almost hear your smile from wherever you are talking about your good friend Winston October and the way he gets his messages across to his wide receivers. So Winston has always been unique. You know, we played together. We were roommates on the road, opposite corners, and then he moved to safety. So he's just um, he's brilliant and everything about him, the way he sees the game, the way he envisions. I mean, even now we watch film together and we just watch it totally different. I see X's and O's and he sees X's and O's first, but he just picks up nuances uh, of the individual players and nuances of their game and just things that now I can see him passing it on to his receivers. So, you know, it's just funny to hear them uh, talk about how he's just different and unique and how he, how he just lets them be who they are and sees the game differently because I knew he was a little off 20 years ago. <laughs> but I also knew there was a brilliant there was a brilliant mind in the way he saw the game and it's just it's just cool to see him take that gift and pass it on to uh not just any players but our players here at the University of Richmond. I know he's passionate about that. I know it's appreciated by myself, by alumni. It's good to hear that these players appreciate it as well. So, you know, kudos to what he's doing and kudos to this uh this receiving staff. Yeah, I mean, receiving uh... core obviously paying dividends on Saturday afternoons right now, and it's going to have to again this week, Chris. So so let's get into this before we wrap up the podcast um, for today. And, and, again, you know, Leroy talked about it, but, again, the players need that mindset of one game 
every game's important the next game. We know all of that. You and I can go in a different direction on this thing. Kind of frame this one a little bit. Uh, it's homecoming. It's Hall of Fame weekend. It's the only remaining unbeaten team in the CAA in New Hampshire. Spiders right on their heels in second place. So I do think you can dub this a game for first place in the CAA. It's the first week of November. Like I said to Leroy, Chris, it's what you play for. It's what you play for, man. It's, you know, just talking to some of the guys, you know, these guys, they haven't had this. Some of these guys haven't had this level of success since they've been here at Richmond. They've always been right there at the door, almost there, you know, and or, or we're, you know, trying to get to that next level coming into November. So to be there, to have your destiny in your hands, um, you got to feel good about that. You got to feel excited about that. And then the whole time you're saying 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Well, you know, it's one thing to say that in September. It's another thing to say that in November, and it'd be absolutely positively the truth. I mean, if they go 1-0 and every week, then, you know, again, they, their destiny is in their hands. They can have all the goals that they put down on paper uh, before they, uh, begin, at the beginning of the year, winning the conference, making it to the playoffs. They are there. They are in your hands. Handle your business. Come to practice. Come ready to work. And then get out there on Saturday, have fun, and perform. Got to feel great about that. Both of these teams kind of in rarefied air. Both in their history have been perennial playoff teams. It's been a while for both of them, so they have a great opportunity at stake here on Saturday. Chris, I wonder a little bit, remember when we had our bye week and came back to play Villanova, they also had their bye week, so it was a draw. It was even, no advantage for either side. New Hampshire's coming off its bye week last week, and beyond that, an impressive win over Elon in their most recent game, 40-22. to What do you think their mindset is coming into this game, having that week off to prepare for Richmond on Saturday? they got to be feeling good. I mean, feeling hot. Um, like you said, uh, to take out a, a good Elon team. Uh, now, I believe they did get Elon at home, so that did help. But that's still a, a, a great team. Um, and, you know, they've been able to move the ball offensively. Um, they've had some balance, obviously been able to move it on the ground. You, you know, defensively, they've been stellar. Uh, and they're just uh, in, in the top four or five pretty much in every category. So they got to be in the conference. So they got to be feeling good, got to be feeling confident. I mean, it, it's supposed to be 75, 78 degrees. Um, that's a little warmer than mm-hmm. it is in, uh, in New Hampshire in November. So I'm, I'm anxious to see if if that uh, plays any part or makes a difference. And then it's FCS football, Bob, so I think a lot of it does come down to health-wise. How healthy are you when you're coming into this game? We talked about it with Marlon Lewis. I'm sure they have issues over there as well. Uh, maybe they feel a little bit better coming off a bye, but I think you know how healthy your team is also plays a major part uh, as you get into these final, these final games in the season. Meteorologist. Dr. Chris Anderson, you have covered it all, Chris, for sure. I love the weather aspect of this thing because it is supposed to be warm, and we'll see who's the healthier team and the deepest team on Saturday. And, look, it's a big deal with all the surroundings too, right? Chris, you're an alum. It's homecoming. It's Hall of Fame weekend. The new class will be introduced. Uh, We're introducing our all-time Southern Conference team members that were selected this year by the SOCON for 100 years of football. I mean, this should be a great atmosphere and a big deal Saturday, 3.30 at Robbins Stadium. I am looking forward to it. I am excited about all those things. Uh, if you're a player, you're excited about one thing, and that's what's happening at 3.30 on, on that field, and uh, hopefully these Spiders can get a win. Uh, but before the game, I'm going to have a good time. After the game, I'm going to have a good time seeing all my buddies uh, that I went to war with back in the day. So. Just, again, great weekend. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing you, buddy. Likewise, Chris. Thanks. Great stuff today. Really appreciate it. Sounds good.
That's Chris Anderson. I'm Bob Black. And that's today's edition of the Spider Insight Podcast. Thanks to our special player guest, wide receiver, Leroy Henley. Richmond and New Hampshire, top 25, battle for first place in the CAA, Saturday, 3.30, homecoming, Hall of Fame day at Robin Stadium. If you can't make it, we're on 1061 ESPN beginning at 2.30. We're also on Masson 2 with the telecast beginning at 3.30 Saturday afternoon. And then we're back with you next week before another big game against the Delaware Blue Hens, and we wrap up the New Hampshire game on the next edition of the Spider Insight Podcast.